This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Gemini. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. Announcements, you guys. Patreon is popping off. Thank you for everybody that's over there. That little community is growing more and more. Some changes that are being made. The free readings that you guys are getting with the Crone and the High Priestess tier, those are now going to be sent to you via email as a video. So I won't just be sending you photos of your cards and words anymore. I want to make it more personal. So you will actually be getting your free readings from me via a video on email unless you would prefer to do a zoom and in that case those in the high priestess will get the opportunity to do a zoom instead of having me send over their readings but I have more and more guests that are coming over there so there's more and more extra behind the scenes things going on to patreon for those that are on the high priestess tier you are getting also videos of the interviews being done for the lick it like a lollipop podcast that i dropped with rampage if you guys are not listening to the lick it like a lollipop podcast i promise you you want to be that is all about how to shift your energy and manifest things that you are wanting and how to find elevated energy and really go for your goals and it's a very elevated podcast I would say so many of you listen to the podcast and you have questions about your own spiritual journey or you have questions about where to start and who to get in contact with. So I just want to remind you that I do have the advice and guidance service on my website. So you can go to covenofrejects.com. You can book any of the readings with me. I do mediumship reads and tarot reads, as you guys know. And then that's where you guys can also find the merch. If you order any merch items, regardless of what it is, please tag me when you do your unboxing so that I can duet your video. And in order to find me on the social media platforms and tag me in things, you can find me on Instagram, and TikTok at Gemini underscore goddess 420. And I love to see the videos of you guys in things, you guys tagging the podcast. And please, something that would really help us grow our spiritual community here and invite more people into this loving environment that we have would be if you guys could please rate the podcast. Please like the podcast, subscribe leave a rating. If you guys can leave a comment review, that's wonderful too. Seeing as how we are considered abstract spirituality, we are not a mainstream organized religion. It's very difficult for us to get a podcast like Coven of Rejects into a rotation that pops up for people to see. And I just feel like there are so many practitioners that don't know that there is a loving community that's inviting and not judgmental and gatekeeping. And I want to be able to include those people. I try to reach who I can with my social medias, but you guys helping putting your energy into that would be so helpful. Same thing with if you talk about the podcast on your pages or to your friends, that brings more people in than maybe I could personally reach. So I appreciate that exchange of energy and that help to elevate. I know that you guys are going to absolutely love this week's guest. Jordan is a gray chaos witch who is going to talk with us about 
her journey from being adopted at a very young age and finding her spiritual path. And we do get into our feelings on the patriarchy and Roe versus Wade in this episode. So if you are around your kids and you do not want them being involved in conversations like this and hearing um, very specific viewpoints, I would say, on us uterus havers are having, then I would not listen to this episode right now around them and I would save it for a time when you are by yourself. Without further ado, here is the episode with Jordan. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Uh, I'm so good. I was actually painting today. I put um, the story up on my TikTok. I'm redoing this table that I got at a thrift store. So I was like trying to check and was like, oh my, I, just, I kept checking the time. And then like I looked over and I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I had to wash my hands really quick so I can grab my phone. Uh, yeah, I wish that I knew how to paint. Uh, I am not creative in that aspect <laughs> at all. I'm, it's the ADD. I think I've always loved like art and things like that when I was a kid. And I will hyper focus on something until it's done. And then I won't do something again for like three months. So this is like one of those <laughs> times. But I'm really stoked. I put it up on my story so you can see it after. Um, but yeah, it's so nice to meet you. Hi. <laughs> it is nice to meet you. Hi. Yeah, I found your TikTok. Uh, a co- I feel like it was a couple of months ago that I initially reached out or maybe a month ago. And you just have the most beautiful smile and you're so oh. inviting. And um, I just felt like you were a very comfortable presence. And uh-huh. you like to, well, you seem like you like to kind of um, unite people and give them a place where like they're heard and they belong. And I resonate with that energy. So I wanted to talk to you and just learn more about your personal journey. Well, firstly, thank you so much. Um, I think that, you know, I've always felt like an outcast myself. Um, I myself was adopted um, when I was about six months old um, by my maternal grandparents. So my parents were both teenagers when they had me or really early 20s, really young, um, and either didn't want me or couldn't, and a little bit of both, I think. (laughs) So when I was adopted, um, I think I always felt displaced. And I think when you feel that way for the majority of your life, you constantly sort of search for community. You search for, you know, your, your unit, your family. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of why I wanted to reach out to the rejects, essentially. And I say that in a loving way. Reach out to the people that didn't fit and sort of unite those people. Because, you know, I never had that. And realizing you know, now I'm 36. So realizing now that it's, it's not just me. Um, it's a lot of people. And essentially the community that I've built within, you know, these parasocial relationships that I have with all these people, um, it, it feels like my family. It feels like, you know, there's some people that I've met, you know, just weeks ago that feel like I've, I've known them my whole life because they have, you know, similar experience that I do. And I think that's kind of why I make the content that I make. It's very specific to who I am, what I believe in. And I want other people who feel that way to know that they're not alone. I feel like you and I are very similar. Um, I also had teen parents. My mom got pregnant with me when she was 15 and had me, um, her birthday's February 25th and mine is May 25th. So literally right when uh, she turned 16, she had me. My birthday's February 25th. Hey, Pisces. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Um, That is fucking crazy. And I am like you. So I, but I was not adopted. I was raised by my, um, by my mom. My dad wasn't in the picture because they were so young and, you know, men be fucking around and leaving. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, the (laughs) options that men get, don't even get me started. Anyways. Uh. um, So. I also was all, you know, being raised by um, a young single mother. Uh, they're always working and, and trying to do things to elevate. So I always felt kind of rejected and put off to the side as well. Hence the coven of rejects and wanting to bring in the community that I have to meet each other and share the stories. Yeah, that's really cool that you do this. Yeah, because I, you know, I always turn down podcasts because I get invited on things like this. Actually, recently, someone from the news reached out to me. They wanted to do an interview because of my Eileen Warnos video. And I don't talk to the press. <laughs> but <laughs> your, your podcast is cool. I, I, as soon as you told me the name, I was like, absolutely. Sign me up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want a shirt that says I am not the press. 
<laughs> seriously no fuck the press no because i'm not gonna no because i imagine i imagine if i did an interview with cbs or one of the three letter ones and they make it to which from tiktok thinks that women should be serial killers because that's what it'll turn into you know what i mean they're gonna twist what i say to fit their narrative and i have no desire to speak to the press and they should um be serial killers no and i feel I like agree <laughs> Um, I feel like it's also good that you, that you protect your piece and your message in that way too, because we're definitely in a day and time when everybody shifts what everybody says to align whatever narrative is going to best fit them in the moment. And, um, I think that it's really good for you to trust that instinct and thank you for trusting me, um, with, you know, putting your message and your experience out there. I really appreciate the trust. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. Um, Coven of Rejects sold me. So, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the, some lady from CBS, I was like, oh, my God, absolutely no way. I'd sooner die. <laughs> I'd sooner die. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, it's I'm, just confirmation yeah. bias. They're just going to spit stupid questions at me and twist what I say and pull it into, you know, that I'm some crazy, you know, wannabe Eileen Warnos, which nobody wants to be Eileen Warnos. Nobody. Eileen became what she was because she had no other option. And I wish more people knew that, you know, and maybe if I had an opportunity to speak with, you know, a press or magazine that I respected that was reputable, I would talk about it. But those three letter ones can get, I I don't want to swear on here. (laughs) You can swear. Uh, Okay, cool. They can get fucked. They can get (laughs) fucked. Um, this is going to be like a tidbit of information. Even my listeners don't know this, so they'll, this will be good. Um, but I'm dropping a true crime podcast with my sister-in-law and we were going to be doing it. We were going to call it, um, uh, deadly damsels. And we were going to do it about female serial killers, mainly because of her story and being so misunderstood and misrepresented and, um it's it's branched off into we'll do all kinds of true crime things but we will do an episode on her and i think that it would be dope as fuck for us to link up and get you in on that too and oh, get to- i would absolutely love to <laughs> <Say less>. yes <laughs> oh my god mama eileen yeah queen eileen and i think one of the best things about her and essentially how i because i went my tiktok exploded i had a hundred and some followers just people that knew me prior to making that one mm-hmm. And uh, it got millions of views. And now I have like, it's like nearly 50,000 people that follow. And I, that happened, you know, within a month. Like, so for me, I didn't realize how many people would sort of empathize with Eileen Warnos and understand from her perspective. But if you go to those comments and you see like, it is overwhelming support and understanding because the times that we are in right now, I mean, you know, I don't know if your listeners are going to know this, but I mean, Roe v. Wade was just overturned. So we are in unprecedented times of absolute dystopian horror. I have so many fucking opinions on the Roe versus Wade. And one of my main problems right now is the fact that regardless of what kind of news coverage you want to get it's all completely fucking one-sided and biased and blaming a political party instead of recognizing that people are people outside of a political party and that somebody can have one opinion on one thing and a completely different opinion on something else and the political party doesn't matter when it comes to a right for a human's body absolutely couldn't have said it better myself and I think that that's the problem is that in our country, everything is so bipartisan. It's A or B people just, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, Christian indoctrination that yes. they are not taught critical thinking skills. They are taught that every answer is the book. It's the book. It's the book. It's the God. It's everything is that. And so when that's the case, they never learn to problem solve. They never develop critical thinking skills. So they're, they're thinking and their, their viewpoints is black and white. That's why it's left or right. Because to them, there is no gray area. They can't even see that color. And it's really fucking frustrating for the rest of us who are like, wow, you guys don't even see that you're in a cult. We can all see it. Like, we can all see that you're in a cult. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's so tedious and frustrating trying to deal with them. But that's why I make the content that I make, because I know that it's going to get seen by them, whether they like it or not. And a lot of the things that I have to say is deconstructing their thought pattern and making them think and making them uncomfortable. 
And that's the point because growth doesn't feel good. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. And they're so complacent in their way of thinking and their way of life that they have known nothing other than that their entire lives. I want to make them uncomfortable. They need to grow. Growing hurts. Learning is hard and they need to start doing it or we're never going to go forward. We're never going to be progressive if they were constantly fighting them into regression. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And I find that on on my side, it's almost, it's almost like I don't want to address certain things on my page, because I understand that so many people are not able to have conversations that have a different opinion than they have without being hateful. Right. And I don't know myself how to um, handle people's hateful responses and things like because you can explain something so clearly to people and you can say this is why I believe this this is what my viewpoint is this is you know all the different ways that I've come to get this and nobody will pay attention to any of the reasonings they will just be negative and argue your point with you as if you gave a fuck what their opinion was and I'm not somebody who can't get irately mad and like freak out and I don't want to do that on my page <laughs> I mean I feel I do feel you but the, the what you're describing is just a sign of emotional immaturity people like that think that having a conversation is automatically a conflict because they don't know how to communicate in a healthy way so people like that when you say something that doesn't 100% agree with everything that they say or think they automatically feel that you're attacking them yes. and that's the problem and that's what makes them so confrontational and even people like me who has uh, way too much patience like way too much patience and I do try like especially with you know like you said the content that I make um, you know it's, it's frustrating and tedious, like I said, and we are all being forced to have these tedious conversations because our rights just got stripped away. So we have no other choice than to deal with them. And I totally understand that like not everyone can have these conversations and that's why I'm doing it because people mm -hmm. like me have to, to save the, the, the mental anguish for people like you, for everybody else, for everybody else. Because yeah. I, I want to scream at them too. And you do lend a, a lot of strength to others, you know, when they, when they see what you're putting on your page and what you're talking about and, you know, Hey, this is a safe place inside of these comments for me to agree or for me to disagree and have a conversation on what, you know, I think that that's what I love about your page is that you do speak up for the underdog and, um, voice your opinion so clearly. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I want to interview you and get to know you more. Um, what was your upbringing like in spirituality? Like, were you raised in a religious family? Well, my grandparents, luckily, uh, my grandfather was extremely brilliant. Um, <laughs> he, I'm pretty sure was in Mensa, super high IQ, like in the 160s, like something nuts, just really smart man. Um, my grandmother, however, was not. <laughs> she was what I can only describe as somewhere under the cluster B personality disorder um, types. Um, she was very um, controlling um, and then, you know, quite abusive once I reached puberty. So I think that was why. And then my grandfather passed away um, when I was a teenager and I was essentially on my own after that because my grandmother wanted nothing to do with me after he was gone. And my, my biological mother is far and few between. I saw her maybe, you know, every summer I see her now, maybe once every five years, she is <laughs> very much like my grandmother. I'll leave it at that. Um, my father doesn't speak to me. Um, he has another family with other daughters. So I have several other half siblings. Um, but only one of them speaks to me. I think I'm essentially the black sheep in both regards to those families. So that's why, you know, having been so displaced um, my whole life, I've sort of just cultivated my own family. And the people that I have here now are incredible. I have an amazing partner, um, wonderful, wonderful human, um, three awesome cats. Sometimes they're awesome. Sometimes they're brats. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I guess that's maybe why I'm the way that I am just having, I guess, not having that love that you're supposed to get as a child. I think that 
it just made me seek it other places. And especially like throughout my early twenties in not a healthy way, in not a healthy way, especially after the death of my grandfather, I did not do well in my early twenties. And especially if you're listening to this and you knew me in my early twenties, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was a terror, like an absolute chaos demon. So um, I didn't really fall into my, I would say true power into my late twenties, especially my early thirties. Like after my Saturn return, like I really fell into who I am. Luckily, thankfully. I think that's beautiful. And the love that you were looking to seek is now the love that you strive to provide for other people. And so I feel like that is probably what your sole purpose and sole lesson was for this lifetime around was figuring out how to um, be a light for other people when you didn't have any light. Yeah, I try to, you know, I heard a quote that said, um, you know, you are who your childhood self would be comfortable around. And I think that to myself, you know, when I think about like my inner child healing and things like that, I think about her and I think, what would she think of me? Because her opinion is the only one that matters. I don't care what people think about me. The only person that I care who gives a shit about anything, anything that I do or say is the girl that I used to be. And I think about that sometimes and like, what would she think? And I know she would be so inspired by me and that she would feel safe with me. And that's all that matters to me. That gives me serious chills. I was um, a couple episodes ago, I was talking with somebody about how um, I do uh, deep meditations when I'm in the bath and I do guided meditations. And I was doing one about healing your inner child. And there came to a part where it wanted you to uh, look at you know, imagine that you're looking into the eyes of your inner child and um, they had some things that they wanted you to say. And I literally just started crying and I couldn't do it. And I was like hyperventilating. And I, I just couldn't believe the, the mindset and the emotional state that I remember being in very young and what I wished that I would become with my life. And then looking at where I am right this second, it was very, very overwhelming to see how broken I was as a child. And that's still something that I, I can't face from that. But I can be proud of where I am right now. Absolutely. And you should be. And I am too. I'm absolutely proud of where I've gotten and who I am, despite the circumstances. You know. Yes. I think that that's something that... A lot of people, especially around Saturn return, it's either sink or swim, babe, you know, and that's right around 29. And a lot of people don't make it through that. And it's a really tough time. And I'm very grateful that not only did I make it through it, but this is who I am now. And I know that that little girl that I used to be the little one that's still inside me, I know that she would be proud. And that's all that matters to me. Oh, damn. (laughs) No, I love that. I feel like that's, I feel like it goes super deep, but it is so true. When is the moment that you started like focusing more on spirituality? It's like, okay, so do you have specific gifts that you work with? Do you, whether it be like a mediumship or anything else? And then when did you kind of start uh, resonating and noticing that and harnessing it? So I, I knew even when I was little, I had, you know, hyper empathy and a lot of times, you know, that's linked to childhood trauma, right? You know, we are hypervigilant in unsafe scenarios. We have to be. And I always had sort of gifts. And it, it, it started when I was little. I would have dreams that would come true, right? Yeah. And they wouldn't always be exactly what would happen, but they would let me know. And I would always know that that was like, I predicted two of my sisters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like knew that they were going to be born and before I knew that they were pregnant right so things like that uh, I think started happening when I was really young I always was drawn to the natural world animals and plants and rocks I've collected things my entire life whether it be Chris I collect taxidermy now um, crystals all of those things I've always been drawn to the natural world so I consider myself a gray witch because you know I don't really pres- uh, subscribe to any particular practice like a lot of people ask it are you wicked no no that's a very specific <laughs> thank you I'm a witch there's a difference <laughs> thank you yeah so I'm I'm a gray witch um I I do work with a lot of like I said, natural elements, whether it be stones, bones, things like that. Um, I've always been called to the moon. 
Um, I always know what moon phase it is. Um, my body is completely in sync with the moon. I know when I'm going to bleed um, due to the moon. You know, everything that has governed my life has revolved around the natural world. Um, and I think that that's essentially my the main aspect of my practice now. You know, I follow my intuition. I follow my heart. And I use the gifts that I have. And like I said, mainly intu intuition. I don't know what, I guess that would be considered uh, the dreams, the prophetic dreams, mm -hmm. whether that's like some sort of clairvoyance or something. Yeah. Um, being divinely led, I feel like too. Um, something that you just said that I feel like is so important is you do not have to be fucking Wiccan or pagan to be a witch. And no. I think that is <laughs> such a... I think that people don't realize that because it's one of those things where everybody gets thrown into a category. Yes. And being pagan, being Wiccan, those are like very specific and they come along with their own histories and traditions and things like that. I get, um, I don't know about you. I get asked, um, a lot every time that there's like, um, a solstice or there's something going on, I'll get messages from people asking me like what I'm doing for that um, holiday and what I'm doing to celebrate that. And I'm like, that is not a part of my practice. <laughs> right. That, right. <laughs> well, I think people don't realize that Wiccan is a completely man-made religion. It was what in the sixties, like some guy invented it. It's not mm -hmm. <laughs> when you're born a witch, like people don't understand that is that the witch archetype is something that you're either born to or something that you become like a diamond it happens under extreme pressure and I think that there are so many witches now because of the pressure that is being put on us specifically women and AFAB people so right now there are so many of us rising and coming up I've always been a witch I've known since I was a a kid, you know, um, I had an incident at my 14th birthday party, which again, if anybody knows me and is listening to this, you'll remember if you were there, um, where all the girls got so afraid <laughs> that they started crying and left. <laughs> and what? I didn't have a lot of friends in school. Yeah. <laughs> how did you make everybody cry? Well, I want to know how to do it. <laughs> firstly, I'm 36. So, you know, if my 14th birthday party, this would have been what? 2000, 2000. Yeah. So this was right after, you know, the craft was popular. A lot of those nineties, witch shows, things like that. And the girl's like, Oh, well, Jordan, you're a witch, you know, let's, let's play, do some witch games. And I was like, okay, what do you guys want to do? Right. So of course they say, well, let's play light as a feather stiff as a board. And I was like, great, amazing. Let's all do this. And we, picked this girl up and she got well up over our shoulders and everyone started freaking out and I like dove underneath the girl to catch her because she was going to fall and they all started crying and left and then that was sort of the last big birthday party I had <laughs> you're just making everybody levitate and we well, gotta go I, I mean I didn't there was like there was like 10 girls there so like essentially it could have just honestly been physics but they were extremely terrified and they literally I think two girls stayed so it was um not the best for somebody who didn't exactly fit in. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't not get along with people at school. I just, um, I didn't really fit. I was sort of like one of those satellite friends. I was nice to everybody that was nice to me. I was nice to everybody, but um, I didn't really have a, a solid clique. You know, I never really had a group of friends. I had maybe one or two, uh, but that was kind of it for me. I, I was kind of always a little bit of an outcast. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. I grew up really poor. So I was kind of like that weird poor girl. And now I'm that weird witch online. <laughs> I feel like I can't imagine you being weird because I just see you as like, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm comfortable with weird. So maybe we just like gravitate towards each other. But I find that you are very direct and um, that you're very honest about what your feelings on things are and make space for people who maybe might not have the same opinion as you, but at least they're respecting your viewpoint. So I feel like you give them room. So I can't really imagine you being like the weird one that's left out. But I think, uh, I guess it was maybe just, I didn't really fit. I, I went to a very small um, high school. So I, I think I graduated with like a hundred people. Right. Um, so it was really small and it was a farming, you know, oh, so you're the weird school. witchy girl in a yeah. rural farm school. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I grew up in a very, very small town and I was 
always, I mean, I'm, I'm 5'9". I was always tall and really thin. So I was just, you know, that gangly, weird girl. And it wasn't that I, you know, I'm sure loads of people liked me, but I think the ADHD helps. I tend to ramble. And when I was younger, before I actually learned how to enunciate, I would jumble my words together. So I definitely turned out to be like the, the hyper type weird girl when I was younger. Um, I've, I've grown a little bit into my speech pattern now so people can better understand me. Yeah, you have. And uh, now people are, are messaging you requesting that they get to interview and hear all your speech. Yeah, well, I mean, as long as it's someone cool, I'll do it. But not CBS. They can get fucked. <laughs> they can. Uh, better than CBS over here, gotta say. Um, when it comes to your practice, do you, and, and you are online, so I know that you see other people doing their practice. Are there certain things that you feel like you do with your practice that you don't necessarily notice other people do around you? Hmm. I mean... I don't, I think everybody's practice is so unique to them. Um, And I do see people like posting, I don't post a lot of my personal practice online. I think that it's a little bit too intimate, especially, you know, not all eyes that are looking at me are kindly. So I don't want to have my personal business, you know, out there for the unfriendly to the dissect. Um, But I, you know, I've worked with blood for a while, even since I was little, um, you know, like I said, a lot of fire, depending on what I'm doing. Um, and again, it really just depends when and what it is. But everything that I do um, comes to me naturally. Like I don't, I'm not reading from a book or anything. Like it's always my own practice, my will, what what I'm doing and the things that call to me to harness that specific energy for that specific spell or practice that I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know everybody, like I try, I don't necessarily follow, um, I guess that many people's personal practice because it, it doesn't, I don't, A, I don't judge them at all, but it's, it, their practice is different than mine. Right. So it's not that like, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's interesting. I think I've tried certain things that I've seen other people do online, like, I don't know, blowing the cinnamon, things like that. And my partner was just like, Oh, you smell like cinnamon today. <laughs> like, nah. You know, um, but things like that, uh, you know, I've given things a try, like that I've seen, um, of course, like no appropriation, like always from the witch community, um, it's open practices. But um, yeah, I, I think, I guess everything's unique that I do, because everything's unique that, that everybody does, right? See, and this is why I asked that question, because um, I'm a huge advocate for do your practice your own way. And don't worry about it and don't compare yourself to other people. And sometimes I will have guests that are like, oh, no, like I I do things the way that it is in the book. I'm very structured. I do it this way. And then I have people like you that are you're the same as me where we're like we're free balling it out here, just raw dogging it, figuring it out how to do it. So I think that that's really interesting. And those witches, the ones that are like by the book, those are like the baking witches. Like you can't mess up with baking. It has to be the exact <laughs> measurement, right? Yes. And for me, like I'm more of the like chaotic cooker where I'm like, let's just throw a dash of that. It's going to taste good. We're going to do this and this and this. Like mine's definitely a little bit more gray and chaotic, I would say, um, which works for me, you know, because I'm a little gray and chaotic. Yeah. I, if I had to categor- categorize myself, it would absolutely be K and Grayotic or Gray. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fucking Christ. Grayotic. I can't even. I like that. <laughs> Hashtag Grayotic. Hashtag Grayotic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I couldn't bake anything in real life or in the spiritual world to save my whole life. No, same. I cook all the time, but baking, like, it's all that, like, tedious little measurements, and if you do, like, the wrong baking thing, and it's the it's a teaspoon and not a, a tablespoon or, you know, whatever, like, that's too much measuring for me. Like, I, like I said, I've got ADHD. Like, I can barely get things done as is, let alone if I have to do them perfectly. So, you know, I do them the way that works for me, and that just so happens to be how I practice as well. I feel like I'm talking to my spirit twin right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it was going to work out. <laughs> Right. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, and I just had another question that just escaped my mind. Um, shoot, what was I going to ask you? Oh, are you, do you offer services for other people as far as like readings or anything like that? I don't No, I don't do, I don't make any money doing what I do. It's just my own personal practice. I will, however, um, I do throw, um, moon gatherings at my house. So if there is a particularly, important or strong celestial event, usually 
a full moon or a solstice or, you know, anything like that, um, I do, I will read others tarot at my house. So I do read tarot. Um, and we've had those little gatherings for years now. And it's usually just a very small collection of the other witches, um, and people that I know that are interested in the craft and they come over and they, you know, get their tarot cards read. And we usually have some libations and food and, it's like one of those nights, you know, just sort of like spiritually empowering and, you know, social things. Obviously less now that it's been COVID for the last three years, but. Right. <laughs> when you say libations, are you talking like tequila shots? Do you have, have moon tea? What are we talking about? I mean, we can have tea. We, I mean, it's usually wine, but um, anything, you know, I used to be a bartender, so I, I can make some cocktails, like, you know, whatever, whatever people are drinking, not everybody imbibes alcohol. So I will have obviously alcohol free here, um, but I usually have a bottle of wine on deck. <laughs> um, where do you live so that I can show up with some freaking <laughs> cannabis and <laughs> throw in on this party? Oh, I mean, you can bring some, but we already have some here. I live in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Gosh, I've never been to Pittsburgh. I'm in Idaho. I'm stuck here. Idaho. I, all I think of is potatoes. Um, I've never seen a fucking potato farm here. <laughs> and the potatoes that we get in Idaho, we don't even get the Idaho potatoes in the grocery store. What? No, they bring us produce from elsewhere. What? Well, how yeah. does that make sense? I, I couldn't tell you. Make it make sense to me because also. Because we get the Idaho ones. Are you telling me that you guys, it's like all exports? You don't get to keep any? What the hell? I'm sure that you could go somewhere and find an Idaho potato here. But no, you're not. It's not just bags of Idaho potatoes at the store. You've got, um, yeah, no. Idaho is one of the states that I have not been to. You don't need to. <laughs> it's one of the ones I, ha I mean, I think I've been to like 20, maybe push, maybe 30. Uh, not Idaho, though. I haven't really been up to the, the, the mid, the Midwest up there. Um, kind of just, I lived in California for several years, but. Where I'm uh, from. Yeah. What part? Um, near Tahoe. So Pollock Pines. Oh, nice. I li I mean, I lived in, you know, the city of angels for a long time, oh, Los okay. Angeles. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a wretched place. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a concrete hell that I don't want to be a part of. Um, uh, that's where I'm at now because I, when I moved back here after my divorce, because I got divorced. Um, and congratulations. I know people say, oh, divorce is so expensive. Yes, babe, because it's worth it. Um, after my divorce, uh, I came back here in 2019. Um, and then COVID hit, literally, right then. Um, and so my place, luckily, I got a, a nice place Um then and I've been in the same one since then. Uh, but I'm my partner and I are looking to buy a house. It's just literally the worst time to buy one. Um, I want to live in the woods. I'm I need to be. I want to be able to walk out my front door and feel grass on my feet and yes. be topless and have a joint hanging out of my mouth and tend to my garden and nobody see me. Like that's what I want and need. So that's what we're looking for. But the market is just absolutely bananas right now. There's just it's a supply and demand issue. There just aren't enough houses. And they go like immediately, like we've been looking and things get snatched off the market before it's even listed for a day. It's, it's actually crazy. If my dream life could ever be described, I would seriously be in the middle of the forest, titties out, joint in my mouth, feet in grass. Nobody could see me. I am obsessed with that entire mental image. Absolutely. Same. hundred percent, a million percent. That's all I want. Like, that's all I care about. And I told um, my partner, I was like, I just, it doesn't even matter what kind of house we have. If it's garbage, I'm going to fix it. It doesn't matter. I just want to be private. I want to grow my food, my garden. Um, and I want to be able to have a fire pit so that we, when I do have my moon gatherings, we can have a bonfire. Um, and just be in peace. You know, I, I'm, I've been in major cities for the last 12 years of my life. I was in Los Angeles to London to Paris, back to LA. And then when I got divorced, I am back to Pittsburgh, which is where I'm from. And, you know, I, I just, I can't do cities anymore. This concrete nightmare is just, <laughs> it's not good for our souls. No, I, I find that here um, in Idaho. So First of all, I'm just now, we've been here since, literally since the pandemic hit. So, um, so June of 2020, um, from California in the mountains where I could just walk out my front door with a joint in my mouth. Um, and 
so we've been here now we are in a suburb in Idaho where it is concrete and we don't have um, a nice backyard and whatever. And I am, I've been going to local metaphysical shops here and local witchy stores trying to like kind of find my tribe here. Um, I do find it so difficult. I, I don't know about you, but for some reason, I find that when I live in areas where there is more concrete and asphalt, asphalt, the spiritual community is just like less exciting. Maybe they don't get to ground as often. I don't know. But how I'm used to it in California, where I'm from versus here is so different. And people are like just not as inviting in the spiritual community locally. I can definitely see that, especially like it, Idaho's a red state, isn't it? Yeah, which yeah. like, and at the time, I am just, I had a, I had a misunderstanding about the way that that red states and red things work because in my mind, I was just thinking that because I'm, I'm just not like very involved in politics. My thought was like, Hey, if you're in a red state, then people are just for you doing whatever the fuck works for you. And they are not trying to control what's going on. And I am learning that that is very not true. No, it's definitely not the case. Um, I thought if you're that way about your guns, then you must be that way about everything. And that is not facts. No, um, I was briefly in a red state for six months or less. I was in Georgia and I will never go back. Oh my God. Oh, what a nightmare. No, <laughs> I was also in a very red area, which made it worse. But yeah, it's it was like literally traveling back in time. Um, the people are so backwards with their thinking and the racism and misogyny. It's almost oh. like jarring. You're just like, oh, my God, you just said that out loud. Like people can hear you. And people can fucking hear you. Yeah. Like you, you understand people can hear you right now. Like, right. And I remember one of the things that someone said to me when I lived in Georgia and it will haunt me forever. Um, you've heard of like Georgia red dirt roads, right? Like the red, they have red dirt there. It's the, the clay, like the clay deposits in Georgia. And I mentioned it like, Oh, like the red dirt roads here. And this old guy, cause I was at a bar, right. Oh, no. this old guy was like, Oh, that red dirt. That's from Yankee blood. And I was like, <gasps> Yankee blood. I was like, you know, the Yankees won, right? And the bar got really quiet. <laughs> I was like, and they all were like, oh, you must be a Yankee. Then they used to call me a damn Yankee down there. And I'm like, you guys know we won, right? You know how y'all don't have slaves? Yeah, that's because we won. That's the point. Like it, it was mind blowing, like hearing people say that and like, like they can just sit there and act like the, the, the Confederacy is like this. They put them up on this pedestal and it's like they were fighting and then they fight with you and they say, oh, well, it was for states rights. States rights to what? I'll Apparently wait. control abortion. That too. And that's the thing is that's what makes this law so m much more fucking ridiculous is because that was their same argument for slavery. Well, it's the state's rights. No, it's not. It's a human right. It's a human being. You cannot enslave people. That's why we don't have slaves anymore. Jesus, and, like it's sickening. And this Sorry. is why. <laughs> no, no, I, I get the rant. This is why I feel the way that I do about not claiming political parties because there are things that I can agree with on one thing and there are things that I can't agree with on others. So if I don't like, you know, gun laws in California and I move to Idaho, well, now I also can't stand behind abortions and people getting to do what they want with their bodies. So like where, where do the in-between people go who just want you to leave them the fuck alone? I don't understand how they banned abortions before they banned assault rifles. So I, okay. So, um, this is, I was talking with my my father-in-law and my husband about this because, boy, did I go off about Roe. And if you have a dick, don't talk to me about a uterus. A million percent. Uh, um, <laughs> but we had a conversation because I was like, I just don't understand how Supreme Court says, well, this thing over here. Because their argument was that um, the federal government shouldn't be in charge of what goes on, that we vote on things so it should be state. So I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense if you're going to do that for everything. But why are you going to keep guns at a federal level uh, getting, you know, ruled over and, and not have that go state to state if that's what we should be doing? 
And so the argument that is a scapegoat that's being used is that the Supreme Court is supposed to judge and rule on things that are specifically written out in the Constitution, which is people's right for arms and that abortion is not listed in the Constitution. So therefore it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. Women aren't in the Constitution either. Does that mean that we don't get rights? It was written 250 years ago. I'll wipe my fucking ass with it. Maybe we need to update the thing. That's what the amendments are for we're not even supposed to be able to fucking vote and all the all the holidays that we have in our country we can't have a holiday for when women got the right to vote oh i didn't even think of that and now i'm mad we don't have one i'm immediately mad that we don't have one yeah we have we have all these holidays for everything else and and we don't have one for that yeah all the dead presidents have a day all the dead presidents all the random just so much randomness has a day and there isn't one day for women. We have international women's day, but that's international. Yeah. I don't get that off of work. Do you <laughs> No, Sure. The fuck don't. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with the U S getting their heads out of their ass and letting women have rights and vote on things. But that's what that's, I don't understand how they argue. They always argue well, the constitution. Yeah. And that's why there are amendments because 250 years ago life was different and yeah i totally believe that people should be able to have arms but i also believe that you should have to go through a waiting process to get one we've got 18 year old kids going out getting ar-15s that can't even buy a beer see and that's where i think that there needs to be they just need to and and listen i have my own opinions on like when you shouldn't be able like in certain situations where like abortion doesn't make sense at a certain point in pregnancy but that's why you make stipulations for things and you make different rules for things and you change the guidelines of things and you say hey you know you do have to do these background checks and you do need to go and have a conversation with a mental health advocate and person who says that you're clear to own a firearm and that you know how to safely put your firearm up and that when you have a concealed carry you're making sure that your gun has a safety and that it's not loaded so it doesn't accidentally go off in your pocket because you're a fucktwat. But that's the thing is responsible gun owners have no problem with having stricter gun laws. None of them have any issue because they are responsible gun owners. Right. They understand how to work and, and store and clean and carry their firearm. The yep. People, people that, that do it correctly have no issue with it. And that's the issue. If, if, if I have to sit, to, do you know how, do you know how to, the, all the shit you have to go through to get an abortion? There's a wait period. You have to sign I've had papers. One. So have I. You My have husband to... had to sign papers saying that it was okay. Absolutely. And so you have to go through a wait period. You have to sign paperwork. You have to do all of these things to get it. And I can just walk into a store and get a gun. You're telling me that they're not showing videos to people getting guns that are that show mass shootings. But they, have, they make you watch a process of what the medical... By the way, it's a medical procedure. It's essentially a late period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just... I can't, get, I can't get on board with these people. I just can't. It drives me insane. It drives me insane, the argument um, on abortion that... Uh, just makes it just it's such like an emotional topic but the argument in there that people are just going and using it as birth control and as they're, you they're being six hundred dollars nobody is doing that in this economy nobody is doing it and i promise you that and i know that you being somebody who's also experienced it the emotions that come with it and the and Everything that sidelines and trauma that comes with it on its own is a whole bunch for somebody to deal with, let alone for fun this Tuesday going down and getting, you know, an abortion. I mean, honestly, I in no way regret mine. I'm not one of those people like, oh, no, I don't regret it. I don't think about it at all. To me, it was a, a late period. And the circumstance in which it happened was not under my consent. So, oh. It's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when that happens, it's no one's fucking business, but the person and their doctor. hundred percent. Yeah. And it, and you shouldn't have to specify 
what mental state you're in or what exactly went down and why you need it. And no, no questions asked. And I think that a lot of the, 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 the quote unquote pro-lifers, they're not pro-life. They're forced, forced birth. They're pro-control. Those people, it's always, well, it's late term abortions. They argue about the late term abortions mm-hmm. and late term abortions only happen when either the fetus and or the mother's life are in danger. Nobody is going through a pregnancy and being at eight months and being like, you know what? Never mind. Nobody's doing that. Somebody <laughs> tried to tell me, and I won't put this person on blast, um, but they're anyways, they tried to tell me that um, there's some clause that says that they'll, they'll take the baby and they'll put the baby in a warmer and that you have 48 hours to decide if you want to terminate the baby or have it. That's a fucking lie. Stop. Stop. stop telling. Stop telling people that. Yes. That or that. Um, that like people... the fetus, like the, the the incomplete fetus that isn't sentient. Is that what they're talking about? Or are you talking no, about they weight? are saying that somebody can give birth to a completely healthy baby and that they have up to 48 hours to decide if they want the baby to live or not. And that's a that's fucking lie. Absolutely not true. That's a it's, million percent not true. So when you have people that are spreading that kind of, and this is the problem to me, I think that people just pay attention to so much media and so much hysterics and getting and getting hysterical about it. And hearing things like that that are so extreme that they don't do any other research. They just hear, oh, my God, there's people who want to be able to kill a baby up to 48 hours. That's murder, not abortion. But again, this just goes back to an education issue. Like every argument that is against someone's bodily autonomy is from someone who doesn't understand it (laughs) it's it's propaganda and it all goes back to money it goes back to capitalism and it goes back to white supremacy and that's the only reason that they're doing this because they're terrified because white women aren't having babies that's all they care about they want new fresh babies there are 450,000 kids in the foster system right now and all the people online have you seen the psychopaths holding signs like we'll adopt your baby lady there's 450,000 of them in foster care right now. Go get one. But they don't yeah. want that. They want fresh, white little babies. That's all they want. And it's sickening. They, I just saw, oh, I wish I could uh, remember the entire meme. But it said, um, they care about your children while they're in the womb, but not after. They care about your military while they're in, but not after. Yeah. Um, and... Um, they care about, they care about the firearms, um, until they care about the firearms while you're getting it and not after. And like all these other things. And I was like, oh damn, that really, that really does make sense. We're not too good at preventative, preventative things. Well, it's super frustrating and we're living in, I I feel like it's been unprecedented times for the past, all the times that I can remember. (laughs) All the times that I remember. I can't remember the last time the times were precedented. There is a shift that needs to happen in the way that people have the conversations about their opinions and their reasonings. And that way that we can understand people's... Because um, everybody has you know, a choice and everybody has a reason why they believe what they believe. But being able to have conversations that aren't insulting is a huge thing thing that I really like about your page and so I look forward to just kind of seeing the things that you talk about next and the way that you do that well thank you so much um yeah I try and you know I think that's the thing is with most people is that they just want to be heard and I I find that if you give them bless you um, if you give them that opportunity to be heard even if you disagree with what they're saying I hear what you're saying and here's why you know, and I just wish that people were taught things that it's okay that other people have different opinions. And I actually saw a video the other day about a nurse talking about it. And she said, um, when you're learning to go into nursing, um, bodily autonomy is everything. If someone says, I don't want that medicine, they don't get it. That's what bodily autonomy is. And she explained it in a way where there are certain people who in their religion, they are not allowed, do not believe in accepting blood from other people. It's against their religion. And she said during her training that she said to her boss, well, what do you mean? If, if blood, they need blood. And the boss said, well, why do you think that? Well, because they're going to die. Yes. But is that your morals or is that what's right? And she said that it changed her perspective on the way that she looked. 
gosh, I forget her name. I wish I could credit her for this. Um, but it changed her perspective on the way that she looked at things because it doesn't matter if something, if, if somebody's going to die and they choose that, if, if someone needs blood and they say, no, you have to respect that. Even if you don't agree with them and someone's still going to die. So even though we both know abortion is not killing a child, a fetus is not a child. It's not the same thing. Um, that's what they believe, right? They believe that because they believe that life begins at conception, even though any everyone in the scientific community, anyone that's educated knows that that's not the case. But that's what they believe. So for them, they never have to do that. That's their bodily autonomy. If they're pregnant, it doesn't matter how you got there. It's a life and that's what they believe. And that's fine. But you do not get to dictate what other people do with their bodies, despite what you believe. And that's the problem where we're getting here is that other people want to govern other people's bodies. And, and here we are, we're in the midst of essentially what's only I can describe as a civil holy war on our hands. Yeah. I, yeah, 100%. And I have always been, and, and my listeners know it, I have always been uh, against other people telling you what you need to do. I'm against it with vaccinations. I was against it with trying to make federal mask mandates. I'm against it with um, abortion. I just don't, I just don't agree that anybody should be told what they should be doing with their personal body. If it bothers you so much, don't look. If it bothers you that much, stay home. I'm the same way. I think women should be tits out for Harambe all the time. Why, why is it okay for men to walk down the street with their tits out, but we can't? I don't know, but I would love to walk down the street and just see titties. I know. It's the world I want to live in. If it were safe for us. So, I mean, I know that's, that's the world I want to live in. I want to live in a matriarchal society where women aren't harassed and raped and murdered simply for existing. Yeah. And if we weren't, and the thing is, is like, if you look at um, the demographics of other countries, if you look at statistics, like let's say um, the countries that have the most restrictive laws when it comes to people's bodies and the things that they um, control, like for instance, I know in some parts of the Middle East, porn is like absolutely outlawed. Mm -hmm. Guess where they have the most sex crimes? Yep. A hundred percent because they're being restricted. So when something is restricted and it becomes faux pas, it becomes taboo, it becomes more sought after. When you're in Europe, it's tits out. Nobody cares because tits are fine there. America, they're over-sexualized. So people seek them out. And then there's people who are obsessed with tits here because of that reason. Breasts are to feed children. That's it. That's why we have them. <laughs> and I wish that America could catch up with the rest of well the rest of the developed world and just be a little bit more fucking progressive and stop sexualizing and you know objectifying 50 percent of the population all the time i'm no better than a man i love the titties too <laughs> <laughs> so, i mean i'm bi but i'm saying it, it's, it's just <laughs> yes but i can look at a woman that's beautiful and not sexualize her absolutely that's the that's the difference. I can appreciate someone's beauty, whether they be male, female, non-binary, it doesn't matter. I can look at them and be like, wow, that's a beautiful human and not sexualize them and certainly not sexually assault them. Like that's the, that's the thing is like, oh, well it's because what, what was she wearing? Well, my guy, lesbians are around short skirts all the time and they're not sexually assaulting people. So it's not, it's not <laughs> a sexuality issue. It's a, it's a patriarchy issue. It's a misogyny issue. I saw this video um, that somebody did, and uh, it was a it was a lesbian on TikTok, and she's like, "All the women now want absolutely nothing to do with men." She's like, "I'm just here to do the Lord's work," and I absolutely was dying laughing. The TikTok lesbians are literally breaking right now because they because everyone's realizing, "Oh wow, okay, not only are they going to do way more than a man." But they're gonna make me come anyway. <laughs> like, this is why they. This is why they have to make sure that everybody has children that gets pregnant because everybody's gonna be turning onto same gender yeah, because they are done. Terrified. Yeah, because cis straight men are the fucking worst in this country, and they're realizing that they're not entitled to us anymore. And all the women, especially Gen Z, Gen Z are terrifying. I don't know if you saw. I posted a video today. Gen Z doxed the Supreme Court like overnight. 
immediately. Oh, I saw that released credit card information. I am also married (laughs) to a um, a straight white man, but we like him because he like stands up for us and shit. Hey, I my partner (laughs) is a straight white man too, and he's the only one I like. So you know, (laughs) what I feel. I told my husband I was like, seriously, if I wasn't like, I would just not be with a man if I wasn't with you. A thousand, a million. I say to this, I say that to him all the time. I'm like, you're the last man I'll ever be with. Thank you. Couldn't do it. Couldn't handle it. Wouldn't want to. No. I Especially to... not now. Ugh. No, not now. And then you have to like deal with somebody else's entire personality and re retrain. I'm not into it. <laughs> so my mind's actually great. He's he's wonderful. Um, he's uh he's he's like a unicorn. You know, like the, yeah. the ones that are just fantastic. And I'm like, oh man, you know. And we we met like per chance. We didn't really anticipate on it. And here we are. Our third year anniversary is coming up in August. So. Congratulations. Thanks. He, yeah, he's wonderful. I love it. Um, if you could leave listeners today who hear your episode um, with any advice or anything about you that you would want them to know, what would it be? I guess it would be, and I'm going to speak to maybe like the younger girls that are listening, um, especially if you feel, oh my gosh, I felt so desperate and so lost and so forgotten for so long and if you feel that way I promise it gets better I promise that it does focus on yourself learn and grow and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you that made me smile while you were talking Um, I feel like that's such an important message for people to hear for young girls to hear perfect all right well it was so great talking to you it was wonderful talking with you thank you so much Have a good one. You too. Bye.